right, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have uh, Emily. Emily Hotz from Royale, based in Boston. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, Royale is very social media friendly, very competitive, and they're just fun to have around. So it's I consider this an honor to have, I guess, my first Royale member on the podcast. So. Um, I, before we get into your story a little bit, or before we get into your dodgeball journey, let's get into some of the preliminaries. So what's your jersey number and why? My jersey number is 22. Um, it has sort of always been my jersey number. I mean, my birthday is September 22nd, and I don't know, 22 is like double the amount of twos, right? It just felt sort of like lucky, and I've actually met a ton of people with the same birthday, September 22nd. And so I just kind of went with it. So now it's my number. <laughs> Are these people like dodgeball people we should know about or just random people who just share the same birthday? Random people, but also a bunch of dodgeball people from my social league in um, in Boston. I, I can't think of any like elite, or sorry, USA dodgeball players that come to mind with that birthday. Um, do you run the the Boston dodgeball scene or do you just play in it? Um, well, what do you mean by run it? Because I have a lot of championships. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you run the table. Got it. No, but I mean, do you are you are you like the head organizer for? Uh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Boston Social or? I I'm not. It's um, Kate Karen's works okay. um, with. It's it actually got bought out. So it used to be Social Boston Sports, and now it's Volo um, Sports, and they're actually based. Um, I think all over the country. I know a bunch of um, places in the East Coast, and she uh, Kate does a lot of the sports, a lot of the behind the scenes there, and. Um, She's one of my closest dodgeball friends. She was actually in my wedding this month as well as, as one oh, of my bridesmaids. So I would say I have a pretty close hand with, uh, with the people who, who run the scene. And your first response when I asked that question was you ran the table with championships. Got it. All right. Safe to assume we know, the, we know where your head's at. I, I actually love that. Um, so one, I want to say congratulations on being married. That's a great, Thank you. great milestone um, for anyone, really. Uh, so let's get into your dodgeball journey. Um, when did you start playing uh, dodgeball? So I started playing dodgeball in 2012. I had just moved to Boston from Connecticut um, after like living with my parents, after graduation, whatever. I found Connecticut, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. It's a nice place to live, but boring. I was totally bored. And so I moved to Boston. I applied to grad school, but I hadn't gotten in yet. And I was like, just on a whim, like, you know what? I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm going to move here. And I didn't, I didn't really know anyone other than my roommate. And so I was thinking of a way to find new friends. And um, I found a trampoline dodgeball league, which I thought was like the coolest, most awesome thing ever. And I was like, there's no way I cannot play in this league. And so I started playing in it and it was a blast. And um, I guess I wasn't too bad at it because people kept asking me to play on their other teams and other teams. And then someone's like, oh, come play, you know, not on trampoline dodgeball. And I would say regular dodgeball, but this was actually a league in a kid's tumble gym 
where we got to wear socks and drink while we were playing. <laughs> I mean, it was just fantastic. Um, and then from there, um, I think I probably won a championship, maybe like my second you know, round of playing in that league. And that's when Kate Karens, whose name is coming up again, but she said, Hey, do you want to like travel the country playing dodgeball? I was like, yes. <laughs> what? Is this a dream? Amazing. So, so then we started traveling the country, played win NDL and elites and, and now USA dodgeball. So um, yeah, that was the, that was the beginning of my story. Um, okay. So there's a couple of things I want to dive into. Uh, you said it was a tumble park. It was like a kid's tumble gym. So like, you know, so, foam floors and padded walls. Okay. All right. So that, that was my question. What was the difference between a, a tumble gym and a trampoline gym? But you explained it right there. Cause at least to my knowledge, I can't think of any out here. Mm -hmm. Um, like I live by two trampoline parks, um, and based on that description of like a foam, like surrounding, I, I don't know if there's anyone or a tumble gym nearby. Um, and second, you, you play, uh, what year was this NDL? Um, it must've been 2012. Oh, so you an OG. I, I guess, <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah. Right in Vegas. Right. And everyone, you know, all you dodgeballers out there is like, we got so many of those. Of course, you're going to play dodgeball in Las Vegas. You know, can you dodge a wrench? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I guess my next question or my final one before we continue. Um, I remember this tournament being such a major staple in the East. Uh, did you ever play in the Mercer Madness? I did not play in that. Okay. But apparently I missed out. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong from what I hear. Um, there's several players I talked to uh, who were who went to several of those, and it's, it was like outside of NDL and outside of even Elite, like that was a tournament to, to be at, especially if you liked uh, Stingers. So that was definitely something I wanted to get into. Uh, the days. Um, <laughs> so you, uh, Kate Karens had you, um, made you hop on to travel. What was your first uh, Elite round? Can you recall? And what was that experience like? Hmm. The first elite round. I feel like we did NDL for maybe, I think it was only a year or two. So it was either 2013 or 2014 that we hopped into elite. Um, I, I mean, I remember it being way more competition. Um, back in, back in those days there on the East coast was no, women's division so you know we would do all of this traveling and support our men's team which we were sort of like the the davis dodgeball um girls on sort of their co-ed team but we would go sort of support them and then like only be there to play co-ed um and then we would go to nationals and Oh my God. It was like, I was just blown away by the skill and talent and all of these women dodgeball players who I was very jealous, got to play a lot more dodgeball <laughs> most of the time than we did on the East coast. But um, yeah, it was just, it was great. It was sort of just like, Oh, okay. You know, like this is the competition we should be playing at. Yeah, I, I believe what the women's division was only established four years ago. 
for the East Coast, right? Yeah. Yep. So still relatively uh, recent to have that um, added on as a staple of the East. Um, you said you played on uh, Davis? Yes. Yep. I was um, did Davis dodgeball and, and sometimes would play with Badgers as well at the beginning. <laughs> All right. So now that you mentioned it, um, I'll, the reason I asked is because uh, I, I'm good, I was good friends with, or was am good friends with uh, Brendan Mercier. Oh, and, Brendan, we miss him here. Yeah, uh, he moved to Florida years and years ago. Um, I met him, and he was really solid. So I want, now that now you kind of opened up that rabbit hole, uh, I want to hear any. Well, this is gonna be a two-parter. Uh, any solid, like endearing Brendan moments, and any embarrassing that you might have seen. Oh my goodness! On. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Looking for very specific memories here. I mean. How can you, like, my biggest standout memories are just Brendan catching ridiculous balls. Like, ridiculous that you're like, what? How did you just catch that? Like, just absolutely so impressive. And it was, you know, we used to practice all the time, weekly, several times a week. I've played in so many social leagues with Brendan. And um, I would say just, like, I don't know, bloopers or... Um, yeah, out, yeah, bad, <laughs> bad moments. Definitely just like when he misses a catch, he knows he should have made. We used to have this thing where we would just like hop into doing push-ups if we missed a catch, which I just thought was, really <laughs> it was just like he just got in the habit of doing that in the social league and maybe even at elite, I think. But <laughs> no, it was definitely at elite because I remember the tournament I played him at. Uh, he fumbled one of my throws. He goes to the outline, and Caterino is, like, the next person up. And this was, like, early in the game. And all of a sudden, I just see him drop down doing push-ups. Yep, there you go. There it is. <laughs> Caterino looking at me, kind of giving me the nod, looking at him, slightly disappointed, and just moved on with the first of the game. Oh, that's so funny. I just remember that split, like, in that five-second span, Caterino giving me props. And kind of looking down on his boy <laughs> at the same yeah. time. I'm like, awesome. uh, you're going to hear about that on the flight home. Uh, <laughs> so how long were you a part of uh, Davis? Um, until it, um, what should we call it? Disbanded. And when would that be? Um, oh, man. It feels, uh, it feels like very recent, but it really wasn't. I mean, um, it was whenever Anarchy was born. Anarchy was born from the ashes of Davis Dodgeball. <laughs> and Shooters, uh, Davis and Shooters. So I would say, so after the Boston Nationals then? Yes. Yep. I think it was actually immediately after that. Mm. And so they dissolve... And what happens with you? Like, how did, I mean, obviously I'm kind of, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. There wasn't a women's division established at that point, right? It was the year after. Hmm. I wouldn't say I have the best memory for exact details, but I would say it was around the same time. It was possibly that same year when we were like, let's do a trial women's and we had teams of two or something or teams of four. I mean, it was still in its like infancy. It was like at the beginning, if not 
you know, not, not quite established yet. And um, after Davis, it, I mean, it was like, it was difficult because Davis was really a group of some really close friends and we all had to sort of like take a look and be like at ourselves, at the team, you know, what do we want to do? A lot of people stopped playing actually elite altogether. They sort of moved on from dodgeball. A lot of people are never playing dodgeball again. And, um, you know, I would say at least the women. So me, me, Kate Karens and Amanda, uh, Decker now married to Steven Decker. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we were just like, oh my gosh, we're going to keep playing in whatever capacity in whatever way. So, um, yeah, I think that's when we started, um, KO, um, for the women's team and then went into Royale after, I think we only had one year as KO. Yeah. And how is that experience like, even though you would say it was like, what, four on four or whatever you can muster during that time, that trial period, how was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was good. It was like, I want more of this. How can we get more women involved? Like this, I want to have this at every tournament. This is how, you know, this is how they've been doing it the whole time. Well, more established, but the whole time in the West Coast, right? It's like, we need to figure out how to do this more and almost like, why did it take us so long to get here? Um, But it was, yeah, it was like, maybe intoxicating is the right word. I just wanted to do it more. I wanted more dodgeball, more time playing. (laughs) Intoxicating is a really good way of putting it. Uh, Once you get one bite, you do not want to, you do not want to stop. And it's good. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, people here are kind of spoiled on the West coast because any tournament, whether it's co-ed or men's and women's, you always have at least the lowest amount of uh, women, uh, women teams are like 10 or 12. Like right, we just right. flood, flood the court with women's teams. And um, it's kind of like weird to hear that. It hasn't been the case across the board, uh, across the, across the board, but it's good to hear that, you know, uh, from KO, you went into Royale. Uh, but before we go into that, um, I want to know what was your sports background uh, growing up? Um, so I played in high school. I played volleyball, lacrosse, and ice hockey. And which one of those sports would you say helped you transition into dodgeball? Mm, good question. I would <laughs> say a combination of lacrosse and ice hockey. So lacrosse, I feel like, you know, almost mimicking like a throwing motion when you're throwing a ball with a lacrosse stick, not exactly the same, not as close as something like, you know, baseball or softball or something, but sort of a similar motion. I feel like, you know, my, my muscles were sort of already primed in that sense. And then ice hockey, I was actually, I got the most minutes in the penalty box (laughs) on my team. Um, So I feel like, you know, I, I didn't really shy away from, um, I don't know, the, those sort of moments where it got intense and helped me <laughs> not flinch or anticipate like, all right, if a ball's really coming fast at you, like just, you know, you don't need to turn your back or run away or be scared, like go towards it. Yeah, so it's a combo. It's funny you mentioned that ice hockey because I don't think anyone's mentioned ice hockey in any of the previous interviews. Um, but it's also funny you also stated you spent more time in the penalty box. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of tells me you grew up 
So I got family all over the East Coast, and I know the rough part of Connecticut will probably be Glastonbury or New Britain. So it tells me you were from the streets. If you're not shying away from contact. Oh my goodness. I would not say that. I am from like Fairfield, Connecticut. So like, what was that? Um, yeah, I think. Um, Wait, what was that? You were from what part of uh, Connecticut? Like Fairfield County area. Definitely not. I, I would not call that the streets by far. Mm-mm. No, no, yeah. that definitely isn't. But you definitely got some street qualities yeah. if you spend more time in the penalty box. Yeah, I'm scrappy. You know, I'm just, I'm scrappy. And when there was someone who was like had a breakaway, who was going towards the goal, you know what? If I can't get my stick close enough to their stick or puck to actually do something about it, I'm just going to take him out. Just go take him out. (laughs) You know what? And and then hope we can recover after that. (laughs) (laughs) So you you take one for the team just to prevent a a goal-scoring opportunity. I respect that. I really, really respect that. Mm -hmm. And I always knew you were scrappy anyway, but okay. (laughs) And yeah, I, I never knew you played uh, ice hockey, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so he's, and the only other lacrosse player I know would be what Billy Schmidt. Ah, uh, yeah. Because he mentioned that too, like his throwing motion is similar to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, maybe I should have picked up a sport like that when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's not really. Well, it wasn't available in Detroit, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> ah, gotcha. So. You, you go into Royale uh, after KO, and at this point, it's like, what, six on six when you guys establish it? Like a full wound scene? Yep. How is that, like, I, I, the, the coming together of Royale, how is that experience like? And what, what were your expectations going into Royale? Um, so, yeah, forming, forming Royale, I feel like, was um, – awesome and we were like yeah let's grab you know like jenny hodge she's amazing and let's grab megan fricker she's awesome you know we were just like we want to play good competitive dodgeball with awesome people who we like to be around and who are just you know have good vibes and i feel like that has been a golden thread for royale still it's just like we just want good vibes and Um, the first season for Royale, we, um, had some pretty good competition with, um, Anarchy's women's team, which, um, Ashley Cook was playing for them. And, um, I would say it was sort of went up and down in the rankings that season, but they, you know, they just, they won, they beat us for sure. They, um, did well and, and clinched that number one spot, but I think we, took that and the next season we were actually like you know okay we're gonna get not only you know good people good players good vibes but a lot of boston based people so we can just practice together practice throwing in sync practice our quarter awareness of where the other person's going to be look at um, making more plays that we can run regularly and and we did that and we had you know there was probably four or five of us together practicing most weeks, if not several times a week in a social league or practice. And it helped us tremendously. And we, yeah, got number one that following season, which we were so excited about. (laughs) So uh, how did it feel finally reaching the mountaintop, so to speak, in the East? 
it was it was it was incredible it was great and we we worked for it definitely i mean i know the east coast has a smaller pool of women's teams but there's there was still a lot of competition there were some you know players that came from canada and and it it was great and it wasn't the whole time like you know oh royale's just going to win i mean we we fought for it and we played well and we brought it together and it was yeah it felt so good it felt so good all right so i'm going to uh, steer it into a different direction so i want to know what were your favorite royale memories whether they be on the court leading up to a tournament or even after a tournament like what are your favorite memories from being on royale thus far mm. oh my goodness I would even pick like a favorite moment. I mean, I would say, I would say my, and maybe I'm sort of like biased, I guess. Well, maybe. So, okay. My favorite moment that I can just recall on the court is playing the last finals game of round three, where we needed basically to win it in order to win, um, you know, the rings and, I was this, I was in with, I'm trying to think who the, the one other person, it's a blur because I just remember my moment, <laughs> I, you know, me and one other teammate against um, the last player um, on the other team. And I got the last hit. And th- I just remember the emotion of that moment, just like, like finally closing it out, not just like, oh, we could win it, we could win it. Or, you know, like if we just make one more play or let's just play one more round, one more series, whatever. It was like, no, that was it. And I got to seal the deal. And that was just, oh my God, it was great. I just remember everyone rushing on and, you know, we were cheering and it was, yeah, that definitely stands out. So those rings they uh, that a Royal had, they owe it to you in that moment? Uh, I get. I mean, it's a team, you know, team, team effort. But I, team I just, effort, but you, you put the nail in the coffin. Yes, nail in the coffin. Definitely. I wore the, uh, I wore that ring to like work for a few weeks, which was sort of funny because, as like you know, a psychologist, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm professional. I'm like, you know, Doctor Hots or whatever. But like, here I am wearing this like dodgeball ring. It was, it was, it was great. It was a conversation starter. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, Dr. Hotz, she's hood. She's from the streets, and uh, she won a <laughs> she won her conference in the East. So, hey, rock it, man. Go for it. Hey, I could right. tell you play, you're probably the one with the most swag on the team, aren't you? Oh, I, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably the, you, you're, that's what, that's what I'm figuring. You, you're the fire starter. You're the one with the swag. You're the one that, you know, you body check people if need be. Okay. I, I, I'm starting to figure you out just a little bit. <laughs> So needless to say, uh, the moment you guys won the rings later on that night, you were getting all the drinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were all getting them for each other, though. You know, I mean, it's just it when I say that we have like good vibes as a team, like our court chemistry, friendship chemistry. I mean, it's it's really something unique where, you know, even on. Davis, which granted was like co-ed team, but um, you know, what we have now is different. It's like next level chemistry with each other. I don't know. It's, it's really cool. It's not, I feel like it's not necessarily something that you can 
create out of nothing. It's almost like, you know, with a relationship with someone, it's sort of like there's a piece of the chemistry that just sort of needs to be there. Hmm. So now I'm going to kind of dive into some nerdy territory and ask you um, in any which way you want to answer it from a psych, psychi- uh, psychiatric perspective, what is it about the chemistry you guys have that feel that you feel gives you an edge? Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> mm, yeah, okay. I could probably like, you know, study this and think about it, write a paper on it, do some research, research studies compared to other teens, you know, but I- the, You don't have to compare, you just talk about you. Yeah, yeah. I think that one one thing that really is stands out is just like the the trust that I can put in my other teammates. So so one thing that sort of comes to mind when I think of Davis Dodgeball, love Davis Dodgeball. Like I said, we were all really close friends, but at the end it it wasn't a good uh, like breakup. It wasn't a good disbanding because it, some people sort of like went behind each other's backs and whatever and sneaky stuff. And I, I don't really want to get into that, but mm-hmm. with, with Royale, I can trust with a hundred percent certainty that that would never happen. And I know none of my teammates are talking poorly about me, talking behind my back, doing anything negative. It's all good. And we boost each other and support each other and try to be constructive with each other. And and sometimes when I think of the other teams, um, the other women's teams, even on other coasts, you know, I don't sometimes don't get the friendliest vibes from all of them. And I think our team is friendly vibes, good people that I can trust. And I, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, really spot on. Um... So your dynamic is more, uh, to, to quote Dominic Toretto, family oriented. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't turn your back on family. That's something I always respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you before we get into some of these uh, crowdsource questions. Uh, well, there's two things I want to ask. Um, do you have any role models in dodgeball and out of dodgeball that you want to shout out? Hmm. don't know if I've ever really thought of role models in dodgeball. Um, or people's game you respect or someone. Oh, there's, I couldn't even name everyone who's, <laughs> you know, it's, there are just some extremely, extremely talented people. Um, I don't know. Is it a cop out to say I'm like proud of myself? <laughs> It would be a cop-out, but based on how you answered previous questions or how you ran the table, it wouldn't be too far off brand. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, yeah, I think making sort of the alternates for Team USA 2018, like only East Coast player that year, you know, to, I feel like I've also personally overcome a lot of stuff and I had like the health scare in 2019, which, you know, I'm sure we could sort of go into a rabbit hole, but I I was diagnosed with stage three cancer actually, and um, was pretty scary and had surgery and went through chemotherapy and whatever. And I am 
cancer free. Yay. Ring the bells. Awesome. You know, but it's just like, <laughs> and, and I'm playing dodgeball again and it just feels so good. And I'm feel powerful and strong. And I, you know, my first game, I was like, Oh yeah, I still got it. I still got it. So, you know, I don't know. I think we got to like be proud of ourselves and happy for our accomplishments. I know that's a cop out, but. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't know about the cancer scare. So I mean, coming from someone who lost their parents to it, that's, you know, to see the other side of it, that that's a achievement in and out of itself. So clap for yourself and for anyone listening, obviously clap for her. Um, what about outside of dodgeball? I mean, I think the recent Simone Biles, like stepping out of some of her Olympic events, honestly was incredible. And I think she's been handling it with like such grace. And I'm a psychologist. I'm like all about doing what's right for you and for your mental health. And to be able to do that on that stage and not get caught up in feeling like you'd be letting people down and coaches down and teammates down and everything. And she's just like, no, this is what I need for me. I am so like proud of her, but happy that she could do that and show and model for all other athletes, especially kids that it's okay to do that. And you should do it if you need to. So I, I feel like that's just a really relevant one that I, I, I appreciate her a lot. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely a huge uh, step for her to take. And uh, looking back and even in the moment, I would say that's, that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. It's they, you know, A lot of times you hear in sports, like this person's overcoming, uh, like when she did that, um, I had like a flashback of moments, like when I went through rough stuff or when Brett Favre lost his father and played Monday night football, mm. it would have been okay for them to walk away too, if they really wanted to. Yeah. She really just showed another way of handling the situation. And I don't know if it's maybe this time, the time we're living in now, or maybe during that time when Brett Favre did that. Um, I think we've come a long way in accepting that because I feel like mental health wasn't discussed back in the day mm-hmm. uh, as much as it is now, as much as we are more aware of it now. She she pretty much did show us another way of handling a situation like that. So props to her for that. And um, yeah, no, that, that would hit me in the gut for sure, <laughs> for a personal reason. Um, I can share that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do you have any pregame ritual before a uh, tournament? Um, coffee. Um, <laughs> definitely pregame. Um, I would say getting hyped up, pumped up on songs in the car with Kate and Amanda, honestly, is definitely a ritual. <laughs> and then I, I don't know why. And, you know, I don't really eat Pop-Tarts all that often. I'm not sponsored by Pop-Tarts, to be clear to all the <laughs> listeners. But I just, like, love to eat Pop-Tarts during tournaments. I don't know what, what it is. The, the sugar, the carbs, the the pick-me-up, the, I don't even know, taking me back to childhood, but it, it's definitely part of my <laughs> my ritual, either Pop-Tarts or Fig Newtons. <laughs> well, you said Pop-Tarts or what? Or Fig Newtons. They're my other go-to. Okay, all right. Fig Newtons, I can kind of see. All right, Pop-Tarts, what flavor? It, it depends on my mood. I feel like sometimes I'll do like the double chocolate or s'mores. If I'm feeling really classic, I'd get like a blue, the blueberry frosted. But right. 
you know, it, it changes. Okay, that's fair, but that, this is going to be the only time I say it, I'm sure. That was a cop-out, because uh, blueberry is the best flavor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to let you slide with that one. Yeah, uh, it's up there, top three, yeah, for sure. Okay, fair enough. All right, as long as we're not debating where it's placed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you say you jam out with some of the, uh, some of the women in the car. Uh, what songs are you listening to? What's your pump-up jams? Um... Well, I, that would probably differ per who has the iPod. I feel like iPod, who has an iPod, you know, Spotify. Um, <laughs> how old am I, right? Um, no, but, you know, Amanda's super into like musicals, but like, you know, I'd probably put some like, you know, I don't know, 90s, 2000s, you know, we got maybe like Eminem, sort of mix a lot, you know, like throwing in some rap in there, maybe even like Eye of the Tiger. You know, I don't know, okay. the classics. Okay. Oh, you definitely from, you You definitely streets. I don't know what county you from, but you definitely street. With your... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, cool. You know, you might be born in the suburbs, but you mentally, you from the streets. Yeah, yeah, it's got my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's got your soul. <laughs> okay, um, it's good. <laughs> This is definitely a fun one for sure. All right, let's get into the, let's get into the crowdsource questions. Uh, Markel, in the third person, how awesome is Markel? <laughs> Have you met him? Um, of course, I've met Markel. He's got one of my jerseys. We were like doing theme song throwdown for a long time. Oh, that's right. You were yeah. a part of that. Yeah, I was there from the beginning. I was the an OG judge. <laughs> All right, so. Um, now that you brought that up, it's going to change how I want to ask this question. So what are, uh, what are your favorite moments from the theme song, uh, theme song, is it Throwdown? Throwdown, yep. yep Throwdown. Yep. So what are your favorite moments from that uh, that include Markel? <laughs> he is just <laughs> a ball of energy and like, he's just like a bright light, like always putting on someone's jersey you know, at the beginning of the show, doing some little dances around. I feel like those are some of my favorite moments for sure, for sure. So, he, all right, so coming from someone who's always tried to make one of those uh, throwdowns but just couldn't make it happen, he yeah. does like a dancing intro? Yes, yep, it's it's just like uh, whatever the, the first song, like not even in the competition of songs against each other, but just like an intro song He's just, he's breaking it down. He's wearing someone's jersey. He wore my jersey at some, at one point. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. It was a good time. It was a, it was a great coping mechanism during lockdown. Yeah. Uh, from what I hear, it's been the highlights of many people's lockdown experience. Um, <clears throat> did he ever hit you with that uh, fly Eagles fly chant? <laughs> not that i recall but that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> okay uh i just wanted to like explore like how okay so he did a dancing intro was he a judge or a contestant or a host or what was he, he i mean it was his brainchild and he oh really yeah and he was the host he was usually like a co-host um with people amanda decker did a lot of the hosting um as well people sort of like took um took turns with that but yeah it was a good time i'm sure someone has it recorded i would definitely love to like sit down and watch a few of these 
Oh God, just, they were all recorded. Yes. Oh, they were all recorded. So there's a bunch of receipts out I need to get. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I need to see your dance moves, homie. Um, <laughs> good friend. One of the best friends I've had in my life. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dominic Borgia. Whose idea was that April Fool's joke you pulled? So you want to break that down? Let us know what it was. Break it down a little bit. I'll break it without getting into the nitty gritty, but you know, this was um, March. Yeah, March. This was this was lockdown. This was lockdown, right? And we're all right. like, "What is happening in the world? This is craziness." You know, the news is like all of these terrible, bad things happening. I think people are overwhelmed with with what's going on, and it we started doing these game nights with, you know, just Royale plus awesome dodgeballers that we love. And, you know, we do Jackbox games or um, I guess mostly Jackbox games now that I think about it. <laughs> but we would, we would play a lot of games. Um, and then we're just like, for whatever reason, I honestly cannot remember who first had the idea but it was getting close to april fools and we we're like you know what we need to do we need to give the people what they want because you know for all these dodgeball family listeners out there we know people like to stir the pot in that facebook group it's just which we all semi appreciate and hope it's not too much stirring the pot or going too far right but we do sort of like enjoy it in a way and we we're like wanting to make it a little bit lighter than some of the terrible things happening in the world. So we just decided to fake a breakup and we people, some people started going back and forth and commenting on each other's like walls and um, <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like it, it, it took a life of its own, honestly. And then on April Fool's, we were like, hey, just kidding. We're awesome. We're coming back stronger than ever. And Tasha's going to play with us. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't recall whose idea it was? I, I honestly cannot recall who first said it, but I do know that people were actually quite concerned and were like reaching out to some people on the team, like, whoever's, you know, wall people were like, oh, you know, you're a little, you know, B-I-T-C-H, whatever. Like, you know, it was, we were joking, but people from the dodgeball family saw that and would reach out and was like, hey, are you okay? Is Royale okay? What's going on? This is crazy. Um, so, you know, I think it, it entertained some people and honestly worried, <laughs> worried others. Like, Dom, I'm so sorry we worried you. <laughs> so the way he asked this question, and maybe it's just me diving into it, I think he's kind of thinking that you came up with the idea. Oh my god, I don't think it was me. You don't think you, you don't I think don't it? No, I don't remember. You know, we're drinking while we're playing these games and all having fun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I would have the idea to do. <laughs> Considering how. <laughs> How nitty gritty and rough around the edges you can't be in certain situations. It wouldn't surprise me if you did something like that just out of humor. Yeah, it's a yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll just we'll, we're all going to take responsibility for that one. There's a, a tall collective. It, it, well, it's the one thing that strikes me is when you said everyone was concerned. 
everyone was like semi cussing each other out. No. At no point did anyone try to poach any of you. I mean, people were <laughs> were Facebook messaging others. Yeah, yeah. Some people. Some people were trying to hop on the free agent train. Is that what it was? Oh, like approach us, like get on the team or like pick yeah. Up po- I said yeah, poach. Yeah. So like when you guys broke up, did you get any? Uh, messages talking about hey when this is over you can hop on with us oh my god that's so funny no we i don't think any of us got offers or or anything like that i i don't think people were quite thinking that far ahead because we knew like dodgeball was going to be out for a while but that that is actually that is a good point i should keep my eye out for some of the drama going down with the women so we can poach (laughs) (laughs) well you know that they might actually pull the rug from underneath you and pull uh Pull a Royale and, and make that their own little breakup thing. Oh, pull a Davis. Mm. That's not what I meant. I meant pull Royale. Like, oh, we broke up and then you try to talk to them and no, they probably will pull that on you too. Oh gosh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I hope I haven't created that karma. Uh, I feel like it, it, it's probably one of those ideas that someone was just like, you know, it'd be really funny. And then for whatever random reason it just like caught steam you know it's just like some silly idea someone throws out there and then it just like caught and we just like ran with it for whatever reason (laughs) all right so (laughs) yeah i remember that vaguely i'm just thinking like at least for three days before because this was a little bit before april fools i remember for at least three days my whole feed was COVID 19 and what happened to Royale? COVID-19, <laughs> what happened to Royale? And I'm just thinking, like, I don't know. I'm in Hollywood. What are you asking me for? Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in Boston. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, we've had a lot of fun talking, um, interviewing you. Uh, I feel like it's very, uh, it's very, much, it's very much been an honor to get to know your story and share your story but I'm going to hit you in the gut with this one. Um, I'm going to ask you the legacy question. Um, so Emily Hotz of Royale, how would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Okay, two things. Number one, never underestimate the power of a pump fake. It's definitely just part of my legacy. I am known, at least in my social league, for pump faking. Um, and number two... I would, oh my gosh, okay, three things. <laughs> I can't stick to just two. I would say number Throw two. Throw them all out there. Throw yeah, them all out there. Number two would be honor, really, is, you know, don't be, don't be able to other teams, you know, sure, this is coming from a psychologist, but you you really never know someone else's story. You don't know what they're going through. And even if they're, you know, trying to throw down on the dodgeball court, I, I really try to give them the benefit of the doubt and not get into it. Play with honor. If you get hit, you go out. End of story. Even if it hits your freaking ponytail, which it has many times, which is super annoying. So, <laughs> and... And number three is not to underestimate yourself and, and that you can overcome more than you think you can and just go for it. That's it. So 
you know, bottom line is pump fakes, honor, and I don't know, self. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of little nuggets to, to go in on. Um, pump fakes, yeah. Anytime I see a Royale um, match on YouTube or whatever, uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely tell where you are. Even if you're like far away from the GoPro angle, I could just tell by your pump <laughs> fake. Um, so that, that's definitely going to be a selling point for sure. Yeah. Uh, two, well, I'm going to go into three actually. So yeah, you, you know, never underestimate oneself. I mean, coming from a cancer survivor, as far as I'm concerned, ring that bell a hundred times a day if you want to, because that's an achievement. I don't care if you're 30 years old or five years old or anywhere in between or anywhere above, like that's an achievement in and out of itself. Because like I said, um, I lost both my parents to cancer uh, before I turned 13. Wow. And for them to still be able to help me get ready for school, to take me to uh, soccer practice, to take me to martial arts tournaments, it takes a level of strength to continue with life knowing what you have to face. And the fact that you came out the other end of that, I mean, I've always had respect for you because on the court, you always seem intense. You always seem like you're ready, you're game, you know, you're game on and everything like that. But you have a new level of uh, admiration for me. And just because, I, like I said, I don't know if you post about it on Facebook or anything. I didn't know that. You yeah, know what I mean? No, I'm I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I made, um, I think I lumped it in with uh, when I got engaged. It's like, oh, uh, hey, hey, Facebook world, like, you know, I don't know, got engaged, bought a house and beat cancer. So <laughs> that, that you, just in there. you know, what? if if I did see that, I probably overlooked it. And I'd be surprised if I did. But yeah, I, I yeah. don't remember. Um, but you're, you know, like, for anyone who doesn't know, her, she, she's tougher than you don't, don't don't overlook Emily. Um, she's mm. tough as nails, and she will check you if need be. So if anything, <laughs> if you if anything you want to know how your legacy is cemented with me, at least I'm gonna obviously can cut this in post. But uh, <laughs> Much I say appreciated. That, <laughs> I say that with all due respect and all the endearment. Fuck, keep it up. Hell yeah, keep it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, uh, do you want to um, shout out anybody? Um, shout out to Dom, really. You know, I'm sorry we scared you. <laughs> I love you. Royale loves you. Yeah. We miss you. want to see you soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do miss Dom. But if anything, he's more heartbroken by uh, hurricane football at the moment. So I don't think he's worried about your prank right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> hey, sorry, Dom, I had to. Uh, <laughs> you know, once he hears this party, he's going to call me, too. I already know it. <laughs> he's one of the few people in Dodgeball who has my number. So once he hears that Miami comment, I'm definitely getting a couple angry emojis, text messages, voicemails. Yeah, you've done it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not cutting that in post. I'm just going to wait for the storm. Yeah, there you go. Just weather it. <laughs> all right and we will wrap up okay and that was my interview with emily emily thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story uh it was truly an honor to talk to you and i mean man you're strong that's all i gotta say you know 
to go through what you went through and still be waiting to play dodgeball, it's more guts and more glory to you, man. Um, that was truly an honor to just get that story out there. Uh, next week I'll have uh, one of the OGs from Arizona, Brian Armand, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be a fun episode for everyone to hear. So if you listened up until this point, thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.